like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for January 20th, 2015. Part This is part four. And I've just been scanning this document again on this inbreeding thing. There's a video you might want to watch in here. It's really, really heavy duty about birth defects that occur and why. There's a lot of different reasons why uh, they have poor health. And, and inbreeding's one of them, but it's not the only one. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on with this with this report. And I anyway, the the, the link is in there. Um, uh, you'll see it. It should be about on page twelve or uh, thirteen of the PDF for January twentieth, two thousand fifteen. Uh, next, ti- these are just titles. These are just like rapid fire bullet points here um, regarding this this particular uh, subject. The next report um, is entitled "Contrast Barack Obama's Quotes About Islam with His Quotes About Christianity." Now, again, I don't have time to even go into it, but what it's doing is it's showing all of the things that he's quoted about Islam, and then all of the things he's quoted about Christianity, and you will see an absolute total love for Islam and a total contempt for Christianity out of his own mouth, and also his actions have spoken much louder even than his words. Um, next bullet point, Colorado public school children forced to, to now bow to Islam. There's a whole report on that. Uh, German anti-Islamic movement expects ranks to swell. Next report, Hindu teacher hacked to death by Jamanta e Islami Muslim terrorist in Bangladesh. Next one, group of Muslim men gang rape a three-year-old girl and a 12-year-old girl in Afghanistan. And you know, if you have a bunch of inbred, demon-possessed vessels of Satan, they're going to do garbage like this and not really think a whole lot of it. Rape, gang rape in a three-year-old girl. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine how demon-possessed you would have to be to go there? I mean, you know, I, don't, I need I say more. Next report, on radical Islam, you have exactly three choices. Die, fight, or surrender, or and live in subjection. Surrender and live in, in subjection. Um... There's a whole report on that. Uh, next one. Afghanistan rally hails Charlie Hebdo attackers as, quote, heroes. Of course, you know, that's fine. Um, next report. Norway deports Muslims. Crime rate drops 31%. 31%. Um, a report from somebody that lives in Oslo, Norway, Adrian Stavag, Stavig, says the world's largest gang of thugs, murderers, and rapists is masquerading as the religion of peace. Yep, you're right about that. And then Jews fleeing France in record numbers as anti-Semitism by, Muslim, by Muslims explode. I mean, they got the hint with Nazi Germany. You know, they see the handwriting on the wall. So they're, they're uh, fleeing France in record numbers. Attempted murder... This is the next report. Attempted murder is Palestinian pride, according to PA Daily. Every Palestinian has the right to feel proud of what is seen in the video of the stabbing of two Israeli soldiers in Jerusalem. Now every Palestinian raises his hand, holding a knife together with his young Palestinian, and stabs the Zionist. That was the quote from the PA, the Palestinian uh, Daily uh, publication. So, I mean, we're just you're, you're just dealing with 
really, really super, super, super sick people here. I mean, just, there's no way to slice it, dice it, just really sick, demon-possessed vessels of Satan. Um, that the majority of them being inbred, okay, married off to their first cousins, and then all of the other stuff that goes along with that. It's just, uh, it's just mind-boggling. So I'm going to go ahead now and really try to tie this all together. Okay, everything that we've said today, this last video, I really believe is going to tie all together so that you can see that this is a plan that has been laid out for over 100 years. served as a brigadier general in the Confederate Army. Following the war, Pike was jailed for treason. He was quickly pardoned by fellow Freemason President Andrew Johnson. Among eventually becoming a 33-degree Mason and a top leader of the Ku Klux Klan, Pike was also... Well, he's really one of the guys that started it, the Ku Klux Klan, and he was the uh, highest-ranking... Um, and the only one, the only ranking Confederate general with an actual statue of himself inside the city limits of Washington, D.C. I mean, why would they put a Confederate general inside the city limits of Washington, D.C.? I mean, that would have been considered the North. So this is the type of, you know, highest ranking Freemason of the 1800s. He's credited with the modern day revival of Freemasonry. It was an absolute total Luciferian. I mean, the quotes abound from his book, Morals and Dogma. Particularly, there's two editions. The esoteric edition is the one that was not given to the masses, but that was only given to, like, uh, I, I think somebody that was a Freemason who was aware of the dark arts. And that's, from that edition, you can see that this guy was definitely a Luciferian. ...believed to be a Luciferian. He claimed he was able to summon Lucifer at will as the Grand Master of the Order of the Palladium. Paladism, or traditional Satanism, an ancient Luciferian cult, was then introduced to the inner circle of the Masonic Lodges. This influence has flourished into modern-day Freemasonry in the super-rights of the upper degrees. Industry, entertainment, the CIA, Congress, and our military leaders are inundated with Freemasonic Paladism or a Luciferian New World Order. What follows are the chilling predictions, or better yet, instructions of Albert Pike's three world wars, funded in great part by the House of Rothschild. From a letter that he wrote to 33-degree Italian Illuminati head and mafia founder Giuseppe Mazzini, dated August 15, 1871. The First World War must be brought about in order to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the power of the Tsars in Russia and of making that country a fortress of atheistic communism. The divergences caused by the agenturs of the Illuminati between the British and Germanic empires will be used to foment this war. At the end of the war, communism will be built. 
and used in order to destroy the other governments, in order to weaken the religions. The Second World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences between the fascists and the political Zionists. This war must be brought about so that Nazism is destroyed, and that the political Zionism be strong enough to institute a sovereign state of Israel in Palestine. During the Second World War, international... I mean, so far, everything he's saying has already come to pass. <laughs> really? This has all been an age-old plan here that, I mean, that we're hearing here. That, that So far, everything's come to pass exactly. Communism must become strong enough in order to balance Christendom, which would be then restrained and held in check until the time when we would need it for the final social cataclysm. Okay, when he says they're going to need Christendom, they're talking about the lukewarm you know, primarily Catholic, lukewarm, 501c3 corporate church masses that they knew were going to be in existence to do their bidding. Like I said, you follow the, the any kind of average denomination and you stay in that denomination. Ultimately, they're all on the same train. They're on that same train to that one world religion that's going to come about in the, uh, in the uh, tribulation period, you know. Uh, New World Order, One World Religion under Antichrist and False Prophets. So, again, that's what they mean by they're going to use that. This is not talking about true Bible-believing Christianity here. The Third World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agentur of the Illuminati between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. Did you hear what he just said? The Third World War, now we're talking about present day, hasn't happened yet. This was a this was a, a quote made way over 100 years ago, and he's saying that it has to happen between um, the Muslims and I believe the Zionists. And, I mean... This was in the works for, you know, way over a hundred years. War must be conducted in such a way that Islam, the Muslim Arabic world, and political Zionism, the state of Israel, mutually destroy each other. Meanwhile, isn't that what I've been basically saying though for the past, I don't know how many years, and not not again. This isn't about me, but what I see to be the clear writing on the wall. And here you have Albert Pike saying this way over 100 years ago. Now, they're not going to mutually destroy each other because God is going to protect Israel. I'm not saying that a lot of people aren't going to die. Even the Bible says in Zechariah that two-thirds of the Jews will end up dying and one-third will be tried as silvers, tried in the furnace of the earth, essentially. Okay? And those are the ones that are actually going to have their eyes open and look upon the one whom they have pierced, meaning Jesus Christ, and mourn for him as one that mourns for their only begotten son. That's what the Bible says in Zechariah. Okay, so uh, two-thirds of the, of the Jews are going to die. But Israel will not be mutually destroyed. Okay, they're, they're totally wrong about that one, even though they would like to see that happen. While the other nations, once more divided on this issue, will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economical exhaustion. Okay, so again, do we have all this stuff set up right now? Okay, we just have had, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of terrorist uh, Islamic terrorist plots going on all over the world. You've got Boko Haram killing 2,000 people last week. You've got Charlie Hebdo, Hebdo whatever, 17. And you've got all of this, this radical Islamization in the world. Now, if they give them the green light, the New World Order gives them the green light, and then you had American Sniper coming out this week, okay, where it's just basically going to really fire up a lot of Americans in particular. And against Islam 
you've got all of these dynamics taking place. Okay, you've got all the things that I just mentioned today. You've got all of these terrorist sleeper cells already pre-positioned in America with the help of our government. And this has been this way since the 1980s. And if they give them the green light and they're able to do this, and they're able to go out and blame it all on Islam and and say, well, they're not going to admit to helping them, obviously, but they're going to say, they're going to use Islam as the scapegoat to say, you know, listen, they had this plot and we didn't know it was coming. They took down our, our electrical grid, our water supplies, our infrastructure, our nuclear power plants, and all of these other things. And they create this order out of chaos. They are going to use Islam mightily to bring us into World War III. Out of the ashes of World War III will rise the Antichrist and false prophet who will be the first ones ever to say, hey, to you Jews, hey, to you Islam, and all of you warring factions, whatever side you may be on in this fight, listen, we're going to use all these lying signs and wonders and miracles to really wow you and convince you that we're the real deal, us and our ascended master buddies, okay? You're going to see things from us like you've never seen before, and guess what else? We're, we're the only ones on the planet that have this so much figured out that we're going to be able to bring peace on earth and we're going to be able to bring peace to the, to Islam and the Jews and peace on earth and, and you can stop this fighting, just sign the seven-year treaty with us and we'll make everything just peachy keen. And you know what else? Islam and uh, Jews and Christians and Hindus and Buddhists, guess what else? We're your awaited saviors. No, that's just what Maitreya claims to be. He claims to be the fifth Buddha of the Buddhists, Krishna to the Hindus, the Christ of the Christians, the Messiah to the Jews, and the and the um, the Imam Mahdi, which is the awaited savior of Islam. They are, they have their awaited savior. Claim now whether he is going to actually in the end time claim to be all of them. That would kind of probably put him at the Antichrist. I don't know, maybe. But there's a lot of these different ascended masters. You're going to see that long-haired hippie Jesus version that you've seen on all the Catholic pictures called Master Jesus or Sananda Emmanuel. He's going to be the one responsible for uniting all the fractionated Christian, quote, denominations, getting them all on the same playing team under the banner of the Catholic Church. This is how it's going to go down. I've been saying this for years. I haven't varied or, or recanted anything. I really believe this is the way it's going to go down. Everything that I'm seeing is pointing to that. And we really literally could be on the cusp this year of this World War III. We've never been in a position better for it. So I just wanted to throw my, my two cents in there regarding that. We shall unleash the nihilists and the atheists. And we shall provoke a formidable social... Okay, the nihilists and atheists, they've got their, their um, the communists, which communism is typically atheistic, um... Nihilists, you've got your anarchy, um, you've got all of these people are going to be on the same time side as the radical Muslims. You're going to have La Raza, the race, you're going to have your Mexican gangs, you're going to have your black gangs, you're going to have your white gangs against them, you're going to have the white um, militia movement, and then you're going to have all of these sides warring on one another. But, but I think the main dividing line, the main team is going to be Islam. Who's going to join up and yoke up with Islam according to this scenario for World War III? You may not be Islamic, but you might be on their same team. Just like we had talked about earlier, the black communists in America teaming up with most likely the black Islamists. Because they're going to, they're going to turn this into also a race war. Not only one of religion, but one of race. 
So I may be wrong, but I don't think I'm too far off at this point. Uh, I think that's going to be very, very similar. And this literally could easily happen this year. Easily. And it's going to also be in conjunction with, I really believe, some type of of global, uh, particularly the death of the dollar, which will totally take out the middle class for the most part. Not not all of the middle class, but it'll really knock the slats out. And that's one of the other major chess pieces that they have to have to drop in order to implement the New World Order, the pesky middle class of America, so that they can create their ultra-slave class and their ultra-elite class, just like in um, the Hunger Games scenario. Okay? So, you've got all of these scenarios, perfect, all the stars in alignment. And then you hear this Future World Wars by Albert Pike, a Confederate war general from the 1800s that, that said this over a hundred years ago. And this was dated August 15th, 1871. You know, a lot of people, oh, it's not true. It's not, okay, you know what? It sure has happened pretty much spot on. Okay, so whether you believe it or whether you don't, everything else that he has said so far either has happened or is happening. Okay, and you couldn't have convinced me 10 years ago that Islam was going to play this big a part in the whole, well, maybe 15, in the whole end time, one world, World War Three scenario. I, I would have been, it would have been harder because I couldn't have saw how all of these other factions are going to get on the same team with Islam. But now I do. Now it's obvious. So this is what I really believe in, in, in is going to happen here very shortly. Cataclysm, which in all its horror will show clearly to the nations the effect of absolute atheism, origin of savagery and of the most bloody turmoil. Then, everywhere, the citizens obliged to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries will exterminate those destroyers of civilization and the multitude disillusioned with Christianity whose deistic spirits will from that moment be without compass or direction, anxious for an ideal, but without knowing where to render its adoration, will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer. Okay, so that one, that last statement was pretty gigantic. Basically saying that they're going when they when this World War Three scenario happens, and when they have their the the lukewarm denominational five hundred one c three corporate Christians disillusioned. Okay, for whatever reason, maybe their pastor didn't warn them. Maybe they thought this or thought that, and it didn't work out the way that they thought it was going to work out. Okay, and and in their pastor preached like Joel Osteen, just prosperity, and you're just going to get richer and richer and better and better. And then all of a sudden, they're in the middle of World War III, and, and they've lost everything. That is what he's talking about. It is very, very important for Satan to get as many Christians as possible totally despondent and disillusioned and no faith whatsoever. Because if he can do that, you're ripe for the picking. You're ripe for whatever they set in front of you. Okay, in this case, it's going to be the Antichrist and the false prophet. And you are going to see who the real Christians are and who the real Christians aren't. Okay, the pretenders are going to go over to um, the bad guy team. Okay, and the real Christians are going to be made manifest. Okay, and they're the ones that are going to be persecuted. And the ones that are actually going over to 
The dark side, okay, even though they were kind of already there, but it was more of a lukewarm kind of show Christian thing up until the time when they actually crossed over, they're going to be probably the biggest ones that persecute the true Christians, who they may know personally in many, many cases, okay? And the Bible says that there will come a time when they that kill you think that they do with God's service. They're going to think that the Antichrist and the false prophet represent righteousness and truth because they have supposedly came and rescued the world and stopped World War III. And what did my God that I supposedly ever worshipped ever really do for me? My pastor told me all this stuff all these years and tickled my ears and, and, and gave me all of these false doctrines which I believed and look where it got me. I'm telling you, this is the way it's going to go down. I would almost guarantee you. That's why I keep telling people, don't put your faith in man. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and that maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departed, departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17, 5. Don't put your trust in man. Put your trust in the word of God, in the Lord Jesus Christ, in Father God, and in his word, the King James Bible, in the English speaking language. That's where you need to put your trust. Okay? And... What a lot of it really always ends up boiling back to is faith. What can Satan do? Is there anything can Satan can do on this planet to steal your faith? To rob you of your faith? Because without faith, you can't get saved. Okay? You're saved by grace through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So it's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, in his death, burial, and resurrection. Okay, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Okay, that's the faith we're talking about soul saving faith. And see, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And where does faith come from? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You can also ask for faith. Okay, but. It, it's built up in the word of God by reading it and meditating on it. So, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, according to Hebrews 11.1. 1. And these are the things that are, that are, you know, when you really boil it down to brass tacks, these are the things that are, are the most important. Don't ever let anything on this planet... Let any person, let any entity, let any deception, let any miracle, signs, or lying wonder steal your faith. But see, you have to be rooted in the word of God. You have to have your, your house built upon the rock, the solid rock of Christ Jesus, so that when the winds come and the rains come and these types of things, your house isn't going to be swept away. Nothing is going to move you. You have to determine that in yourself. Okay, And I'm not saying that because I think I'm Mr. Perfect. I'm preaching to myself as much as I would preach to anyone else Okay, about this subject. We're, we're all going to be tested. I mean, the Bible says that. You know, that the, the, the righteous are going to be tried and, and they're, they're going to be tested. And that's how you get, that's how you're purified. And testing isn't typically fun. Okay, it's not fun, but, but it is what purifies us and makes us vessels fit for the master's use, as the Bible kind of talks about. And again, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm preaching myself as much as I would anyone else, so I'm not saying that like I'm Mr. Sanctimonious and I have attained unto this and you mere mortals need to learn this lesson. I, no, 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 trust me, I'm, I'm in the same boat you're in, okay? So, um, and that's another thing, don't ever let pride well up. You know, I see it everywhere. Everywhere I look on so many different ministries and on so many people, you know, they get a little bit of game 
and like, you know, oh, wow, I know this now, and, and I know this, and I started my own, and then all of a sudden you see this change take place where you can start thinking they're really, they really got a high opinion of themselves, don't they? And wow, they really think that they know everything, and they got everything figured out, wow. Hmm. And then they become unteachable. That's pride, and pride blinds you. And the problem with that is when, when once pride wells up and you're blinded by it, you don't think you have a problem. You think everybody else has the problem, but not you. Because you're special. And God's communicating with you. And you kind of only. And you have the special relationship with God. And, and I'm not saying you can't have a special relationship with God, but really be careful about the, the pride thing. It's huge. It is, it's what takes more people down that get into ministry than any other thing I've ever seen. Okay? And and that's why it's important to pray for humility. Because humility is is the answer to pride. Okay? Humility counterbalances pride. And the Bible says, To this man will I look to of him that is a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. Okay, contrite means humble. Okay, trembleth at my word implies humility. Humility is like hugely important. I mean... It is the antidote for pride. And so, you know, let them that is greatest among you, let him be your servant. Him that will be first in this time will be last in the kingdom of heaven. But he that is last in this time will be first. So in other words, don't seek to elevate yourself. Don't seek to have your own way. Put other people ahead of you. Be other people's servants. You know, that's basically what I've been since I've kind of been in ministry. You know, what what I do is I just try to be a servant. You know, and and so uh, not saying I've attained or succeeded in that in every regard, but um, I, I have tried to kind of you know put myself in that position. So anyway, this is this four minute video here is one of the most important four minute videos I think I've ever played because of where I just played it at in this teaching. If I had just played this up front. It wouldn't have as much impact as playing it at the end because I've just shown you how they're setting this up for World War III with Islam. And here we have Albert Pike back in 1871 saying that, guess what? Here's how World War III is going to go down. And it's spot on perfect? Man, I mean, that is just... He had some really serious satanic connections with Lucifer. Okay? He had that. And that's how he got this information. Okay. Brought finally out in the public view. This manifestation will result from the general reactionary movement, which will follow the destruction of Christianity and atheism, both conquered and exterminated at the same. Just like they think they're going to wipe out Israel, they think they're going to wipe out Christianity. They're going to wipe out lukewarm Christianity, but like that was ever a threat to begin with. They're going to separate the the um, the real from the pretenders, sure. Which God's always looking to separate the sheep from the goats. I mean, at some point, it's got to happen. You know, I mean, it's got to happen. So from that standpoint, uh, it's even biblical to, to have that separation of that. The, the, the wheat from the tares, the, the sheep from the goats. I mean, there's all kind of biblical examples of that. In time, a bizarre letter indeed. And a red flag may have gone off when you heard the term Nazism. But the term Nazism was known to those in the Illuminati at that time. Will we allow this madness to unfurl unabated, or will we put a halt to it before it's too late? John Beck. So, I tell you, that video 
was excellent. Okay, so just a little bit more about Albert Pike because I have a little bit extra time here. This is from Morals and Dogma, uh, his book um, from 1871, Albert Pike, also the same year he gave that what we just heard. Uh, the following quotes were published in the September 1917 edition. Um, this is the 1917 edition, okay, by L.H. Jenkins, Richmond, Virginia. I have this copy in my library and diligently and accurately copied these quotes from it. I'm. This is the esoteric version. I don't even need to to um, know any more than looking at the cults to know this is the esoteric version, not the exoteric version, which was given to more like the probably one through three degrees of of the Freemasons, if they even got that. I, most Masons, if you question them about this, they wouldn't even know who this guy is. And he's the guy that was like their foundation. I mean, upper level Freemasons would, most likely, but the lowers wouldn't even have a clue about this. So, it says, the work has been prepared by the authority of the Supreme Council of the 33rd degree, and especially intended to be read and studied by the brethren of that obedience. So, in other words, you need to be a 33rd degree Freemason to even look at this book. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to take it, understand it, or comprehend it unless you're already one of us at the higher levels. Um, I'm I'm skipping some of these. Uh, every Masonic lodge is a temple of religion, and its teachings are instruction in religion. That's on page two thirteen. Lucifer, the light bearer, strange and mysterious name to give the spirit of darkness. Lucifer, the son of the morning, is he who bears the light, and with its splendors intolerable, blinds feeble, sensual, and selfish souls. Doubt it not. That's on page three twenty one. So I mean, these guys are Luciferians, okay. Um, the Kabbalah, which is like the highest form of Jewish mysticism slash witchcraft, okay, is the key to the occult treasure, of the occult sciences. And the Gnostics, uh, which are those that are seeking like this hidden mystic knowledge, were born of the Kabbalists. Masonry is a search after light that leads us directly back to um, the what they call the Ouroboros, which is where you have the snake eating its own tail. Um, and it also leads us back to the Kabbalah. The initiate will find the source of many doctrines and may in time come to understand the hermetic philosophies, uh, the alchemists, and all the anti-papal thinkers of the Middle Ages. Um, let's see here. All truly dogmatic religions have issued from the Kabbalah and returned to it. What a bunch of garbage that is. Everything scientific and grand in, in religious dreams of the Illuminati um, is borrowed from the Kabbalah. All Masonic associations owe to its secrets and their symbols. So he absolutely puts the Kabbalah on a supremely high level. The Bible, with its allegories it contains, expresses an incomplete and veiled manner only. Oh, the religious science of the Hebrews. So it's for the stupid people, the Bible, because we need a guy like a Luciferian, like Albert Pike, really, you know, letting us know what the real truth is. Okay, now I'm going to, I copied and pasted a few pages. I think I have enough time to get into this. A few pages from this chick track one of the newer chick tracks on Freemasonry and um, in it we see these people at a hospital and uh, I guess their son's in there, I don't know what happened uh, something that he had an accident or something anyway um, I guess he's dead and this guy goes in there to visit them and the people who has their son in there that I think died he says we gave him the best we could with lots and lots of love we're good people, Ed. I'm a church deacon and a good lodge member. Okay? 
And then the guy says, a lodge member, Alex, you're, you're a mason? He says, yes. Did you know that, Ed? I'm a Shriner, which is even a higher level form. You've got to be like a 33rd degree Freemason, even be a Shriner. So he said, no, I had no idea you were into witchcraft. <laughs> I don't know if that's probably the best way to approach somebody but that's a Freemason, but, you know, it, it's optional. Um, and then he says, witchcraft? Are you crazy? Masonry makes us better Christians. Yes, at our Eastern Star meetings, we always sing Christian hymns and talk about Jesus. Another thing, the Bible is always open at the lodge, and our prayers are in God's name. Is that any Christian, Ed? You don't know what you're talking about. He says, yes, I do. I was a Mason until I found out about Baphomet. And they say, who? The force behind Freemasonry is not the God of the Bible. It's really Baphomet. He's an ugly, satanic, frightening um Goathead God. That's impossible. I've never even heard that name. Have you, Sally? No, I haven't. Of course not, Sally. Most Masons don't even learn about Baphomet until they get to the highest degrees. Remember what I said about the book that we just quoted from, Morals of Dogma? I said it was only to be read by the 33rd degree. <laughs> it's like going in the mafia. You know, the, the deeper you go, the more dark secrets you get revealed. But, you know, you got to go really far in to get to that. Anyway, he says, wait here. I've got a few pictures in the car. Um... And then he brings back this picture. He says, here's Baphomet, the ancient force behind Baal worship and masonry. It's the, it's the ancient androgynous, meaning both male and female sex organ thing, goat head, goat of Mendez with the pentagram in this thing and wings. And that's Baphomet, okay? It's also called the goat of Mendez. Um, and then you can, look, you can look at these pictures on the PDF for this date for... Um, January 20, 2015. And then he says, Sally, the Eastern star symbol is an upside down star, right? And she says, so? Well, it's a satanic symbol. Oh, come on, Ed. You've gone too far. Prove it. Here's Baphomet in the Eastern star. See, Baphomet actually his head, if you turn the upside down, the star upside down. Okay. We got the pentagram. Okay. Which is a star in a circle. Okay. If it's, if it has the point up, it's considered white witchcraft. Okay. If the point is down, that is symbolic of Baphomet, and it's in symbolic of black witchcraft, okay? Then you can just have a plain star without without the um, the circle around it, and that's called a pentacle. They're all evil. And then you have the six-point star, the hexagram, which is supposedly the seal of Solomon and for Israel. That is a satanic symbol. It's a hex, meaning something you put a curse, you, you use to curse other people with. A hexagram, six-pointed stars, okay? If you don't believe it, he and hexagram at contendingfortruth.com and he did a whole study on that one. And there's no there's no way you can I mean I've never had anybody come, you're wrong. I've got all the information to prove. I'm sorry, it's just it's not my info. <laughs> you're not gonna disprove it. It is evil. Witches use that thing and they use pentagrams to literally invoke demons from different planes. They use it in their how they cast witchcraft spells on floors. They'll use hexagrams sometimes and pentagrams sometimes, depending on what type of spell they're using. Okay? They're wicked evil symbols that the humanity's been duped into using. So anyway, he shows you, he says, here's Baphomet in the Eastern Star. The satanic goat of Mendes is the god of lust. And um, there's other things in here, like little footnotes that are actually confirming what we're talking about here. And then it says, that's your interpretation, Ed. We Masons don't believe that. Maybe you don't, but I can prove that Satan is behind the true force behind Masonry. Okay, prove it. Look what the 33rd degree Mason Grand Commander Albert Pike wrote. And compare it to the spiritualist uh, Eliphaz Levi said, 
Okay, Eliphaz Levi in the mystery in the mysteries of magic, spiritualist said this: there is, exists a force in nature known to the ancients, the burning body of the Holy Ghost adored in the secret rites of the Sabbath or the temple under the symbolic figure of Baphomet or the Androg of the goat of Mendez, the body of the Holy Ghost, the serpent devouring its own tail, which is the Ouroboros. Okay. So again, whenever you have something satanic, you're dealing with some type of really, really disgusting blasphemous knockoff of what they're trying to convey. Okay. What did Albert Pike say in Morals and Dogma um, on page 734? Okay. He said, there is nature, there is a nature, one most potent force known to the ancients, an ingenious body of the Holy Spirit, adored in the secret rites of the Sabbat of the temple, under the hieroglyph figure of Baphomet, or the hermaphroditic code of Mendez, meaning having both male and female sex organs. It is the body of the Holy Spirit, the serpent devouring its own tail. In other words, it's almost an exact verbatim quote from this, from this absolute, total, satanic, mystic guy, Eliphas Levi, and then you have morals, Albert Pike, the guy that basically helped resurrect, start the KKK, highest ranking Freemason of the 1800s, you know, total Luciferian. And they're basically agreeing with one another. And then it shows that they, um, Baphomet on a tarot card, or a tarot card, um, and Baphomet really is the devil. This is blasphemy against the Holy Ghost because they're equating it with the Holy Ghost. And then he says, Alex, when you first took your Masonic oath, they asked you, who comes here? What did you say? I said, I'm in darkness and I want to be brought to light. At that point, you denied Jesus who said, I am the light of the world. Jesus said, whosoever shall deny before before men, him will I also deny before my father, which is in heaven. So see, if Satan can trick you into denying Jesus Christ, he don't care. He still tricked you. Okay, so again, you you cannot bow the knee to Baal and, and the knee to God. You can't be a good Freemason and a good Christian, no matter what you think. You've taken blood oaths within Freemasonry, which are totally forbidden in the Bible, and override any allegiance you would ever have to Jesus Christ. Okay, can't you can't serve two masters? Masonry is just modern Baal worship with new titles. The all-seeing eye is from the Egyptian god Osiris, which is that's heavily in Freemasonry. The obelisk, which is another symbol heavy in Freemasonry, is the Masonic symbol of the male sex organ right out of Baal worship, and God hates it. And Masonry is a dark spiritual force blending all ungodly religions. Here you see the golden arch room of Freemasonry in Dublin, Ireland, and has like spinks and all kind of ungodly stuff in it. When a Christian joins this form of paganism, he brings spiritual death to his church and his family. Okay, so that's the way God views it. Now, I've done a teaching called Freemasonry Exposed. It was on December 13, 2009, and I give you the, um, the links here and um, to that. And um, I'm just kind of cleaning this up a little bit as I go along. Now, uh, teaching overview. In his book, Freemasons Inside the World's Oldest Secret Society, H. Paul Jeffers refers to the United States as a Masonic project. His findings revealed that many of the founding fathers of the country were high-degree Masons. For instance, of the 56 people who signed the Declaration of Independence in 1778, 15 of them, or 27%, were, were Freemasons. Jeffers has also found out that 28 of the 40, 40 signers of the United States Constitution were high-degree Freemasons. So 28 out of 40 that signed the Constitution were high-ranking Freemasons. In view of the overwhelming influence of Freemasonry, 
Freemasonry in American society. It is no surprise that Freemasons have dominated politics in the USA. Out of the 43 presidents that have ruled America from 1789 to date, 25 of them were Freemasons, which is over well over half. Among them was George Washington, who was installed the first president of the country in 1789. He was initiated in November of 1752 as a Freemason into the Fredericksburg Lodge Number no. 4 in Fredericksburg, Virginia. He is the first and only Freemason to serve simultaneously as a Lodge Master and a president. Jeffers has also come to the conclusion, now I've done a whole study on George Washington, just King Washington. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg on Washington, on his Freemasons. I mean, they've got a whole whole temple. They've got a whole um, like grand Freemasonic museum up in Alexandria, Virginia, dedicated to him. He had a full Freemasonic funeral when he died. I mean, you got to see what he actually said in his personal writings. You know, I, I mean, just key, key that in. I, I mean, I just go over the facts there. I got nothing against George Washington, but Freemasonry I do. So, um, man, you can, that's on contendingfortruth.com. Jeffers has come to the conclusion that Freemasonry was at the heart of the American Revolution, as more than 50% of the generals who fought and won the War of the American Independence from Britain were Freemasons. That explains why Freemasonry has continue, continued to have an overwhelming influence in the government, politics, and the country ever since. The National Anthem of the United States has a Freemasonic input because Francis Scott Key, the man who wrote it, was a high-degree Freemason. Um, And so Freemasonry has become the cornerstone of the United States government. Now, one of my listeners, after they listened to the study, and this is where I'll end this, um, made a comment, and she says, Susie, she said this on July, December 11, 2010, She said, this is the best teaching about the Freemasons I have found on the web. Now, I'm not saying this to blow my own horn. I'm just saying this to kind of give you an idea of a little bit more about the teaching. Uh, She says, I love how you present hard evidence, and I know some Freemasons, and they are out to and they are out to lunch. In social settings, they don't ever cease bragging about how successful they are in their finances. Hey, it's a big, big, uh, good old boys club. You know what I mean? I get into that, I think, as well. Uh, They brag about their finances. It's a never-ending twisted game of outdoing the the other. Um, I don't know about all of them, but my dad cares nothing for them, doesn't want to know, read about it, research it, or hear about it. He has been a... um, uh, Okay, so anyway, I had to re-listen to this teaching. Uh, My dad is a Freemason and yet another influence on my daughter to have joined the Army. Um, Boy, I believe it's hard to be hard, and I think he he thinks it's just great. I asked him what if he gets especially killed, especially North Korea flaring up, and, and his response was, oh, well. Okay, I am at my end with him. I understand completely. He is He is of darkness and void of any natural love one should have for a grandchild. Um, so I guess this, her, her dad was a Freemason. So she said, my dad cares nothing for the truth. Okay. Doesn't want to know. So he is a Freemason. And again, they, they do get hard. They're some of the hardest people on the planet to reach. Okay. I've literally went to Freemas, Freemasonic meetings when they were going on. And I took that track from chick they used to have on a Bennett backwards where it's had the the quote from Albert Pike about Freemasons believe that Lucifer is God and that if he wasn't, why would Jesus calculate him, meaning uh, denigrate him? I mean, it's a really, really blasphemous quote. And I would I would put it in a white envelope and stamp it confidential and throw it on all the, put it underneath all the windshield wipers in the thing. Um, and uh, I did that, I don't know how many times. Last time we got caught, 
while and it was chained in, like chained in, chain link fence. We couldn't get out, but God got us out of there. <laughs> I don't think they exactly knew what we were doing until we were out of there. I don't know. <laughs> so it, that was a, that was a while back, but um, um, anyway. She says, Freemasons are not good people. My younger daughter will not be having any relationship with my dad as long as he remains a Freemason. I am so disgusted and grieved. Your teaching have provided much-needed information and comfort, especially with people and things getting worse all the time. My dad becomes more cold-hearted and dishonest as time moves forward. And the only thing I can do is refrain my mouth and pray for him. I sent him documentation and links a long time ago, and he won't bother with it. Sadly, he is dragging my daughter down with him. It's just like trying to read so many Catholicism. It's very similar. They're very, very hard to reach. And, and, and again, I think that's why Jesus said this kind goeth out not by, by prayer and fasting. There's some devils that just won't go out unless you pray and fast. And this is, I think, one of them. Particularly the further they go in, the more these demons and devils get their hooks into somebody. Um, uh, and she says, my fault all those years blind and unsaved. My fault for allowing her around my Freemason dad. I guess that's why she wanted to join the army. Um, I, again, that's a whole other subject, okay? But with the way they vaccinate people and uh, the satanic agenda of the government, and just not something I would advise for, okay? I can't um, bear the thought of my daughter going to the army. She knows better. Thank God for these teachings and for all you and your listeners. God bless you and all your listeners. So, um, sorry, I hadn't edited that part. I mean, I didn't really want to edit it, but I mean, just to kind of go through and make it a little more easier to read. Anyway, um, that's all we have for today. I'm out of time here, and I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, this time you've given us. Um, thank you, Lord, for letting us come together one more time and um, to explore the truth, Lord. And, and I just pray, God, that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. And that you give us the discernment we need to have, Lord, to get through these end times. Give us the faith, Lord, that we need to have. The perseverance that you would open the doors no man can shut and shut the doors no man can open, God. I pray for divine appointments in our lives, God, and that we would you would yoke up the true remnant body of Christ together, Lord, for these end times so that they can help one another, so that they can bear one another's burdens, Lord. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, and that you would use us, use the body of Christ, your listener, my, my listeners, Lord, mightily for your glory, and that you would lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, in that regard. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.